Eagles Entertainment. The journey to the draft is driven by AAA. AAA, roadside is their strong side. Make AAA a part of your game day today. AAA, go ahead. With the 25th pick in the NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select. You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast, driven by AAA. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast, driven by AAA. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and we're here. The Senior Bowl starts this week. Practices begin on Tuesday. This is one of the biggest weeks of the NFL calendar in a normal year, but this offseason, in particular, it is bigger than ever, and we're going to talk about why here on today's show. First up, I want to remind you guys that we are going to be here every single day this week, Monday through Friday. You'll have analysis, access, exclusive interviews, and it all starts today because for Draft Buzz, I'm going to be joined by Eagles Assistant Director of Player Personnel, Ian Cunningham, to talk about this week down at the Senior Bowl, what it means for teams across the NFL and how it's a little bit different than a normal year for sure. I don't want to spoil the rest of the conversation. We'll hit on that right at the top. After that, we're going to hear a little bit from a couple of Eagles players on their Senior Bowl experience and just how important it was for them on their way to the NFL. Then, last but not least, we've got Mr. Relevant, where I am joined by Pitt head coach Pat Narduzzi to talk about a trio of Pitt Panthers heading down to Mobile this week. Defensive end Rashad Weaver, defensive end Patrick Jones, along with safety Damar Hamlin, all heading down to partake in practice. We'll talk about those three guys, what they bring to the field, and what they'll bring to the locker room and the meeting room as well. Coach Narduzzi was awesome, and we'll be having those kind of interviews with coaches every day this week to help introduce you to some of the players taking part in the Senior Bowl. Before we get things started, I want to remind you once again about jumping onto our Apple Podcast page, doing us that great favor of leaving us a rating, leave us a comment. It could be about anything. If you want to react to any of our interviews this week, if you've got a question about a specific player, a mock draft you want us to review, if you want us to rank a, you know, a set of players at a specific position, whatever it is, just go leave a comment over on that page. It really helps us give a huge boost, makes the show more visible to other fans of the NFL draft. And as our numbers rise, we'll continue to keep this show rolling twice a week throughout the calendar year. Appreciate everybody that has taken that time to go over to our Apple podcast page, leave that rating and leave that comment. That being said, let's get this show going. It's time to start things off with Draft Buzz. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. Well, excited to welcome back to the show Eagles Assistant Director of Player Personnel, Ian Cunningham. Ian, welcome back, man. Thanks for having me, Fran. Well, let's uh, let's dive into this because uh, I, I would love to give fans just kind of a look behind the scenes of, of what it's been like for college scouts this fall. And, you know, typically these guys all around the league spend such a large amount of their time out on the road, making school visits, going to practice, going to games. That certainly was not the case this year. So, if you can kind of give us a look at exactly what it was like for everybody for all 32 teams, what kind of access you guys were able to get with schools, with players, uh, you know, what did that look like? this year for scouts all across the NFL? Yeah, friend, uh, as you can imagine, it was a lot different. Uh, we weren't really able to go to college campuses. Uh, we were able to see some players live at games. Obviously, that was different based off the, the school and the conference's um, ability and, and willingness to let us come in and see them play. Uh, but the actual process of scouting was a lot different in terms of not being able to go to the school to get the background, get the information, talk to our sources face to face. So a lot of the schools did these virtual calls or Zoom calls. Each school is different in terms of the amount of uh, calls that they had during the fall. Um, for the most part, teams would at least give us uh, one to two uh, for the fall. And we were able to jump on, talk to the sources like we normally do. But our, our, we have a veteran staff, and a lot of our guys have a lot of sources at the school, so we were able to communicate with some coaches um, off of those calls as well. 
Uh, I can't say enough about our staff and their ability to adapt this year. Uh, the big thing was being able to pivot. Uh, some Zoom, Zoom calls would be short notice. Some Zoom calls would have been, uh, you know, given to us weeks in advance. So a lot of our guys had to stay on their toes, jump on on one, jump on others. Um, but the good thing in this, if there's a silver lining in any of it, it brought us closer as a staff. Mm. Uh, we did a really good job of just communicating, having weekly, bi-weekly calls with the guys. So we were able to connect and uh, stay up to date with one another and seeing how everybody's doing. But for the most part, uh, the the actual scouting experience was a lot different this fall. So you don't get that ability to be able to talk with your sources face-to-face. You don't get a chance to see those players live. What do you take out of being able to see a guy uh, you know, up close at practice or even if you're able to be down on the field uh, pregame, during a game? What are some of the things you're trying to glean from those kinds of exposures? Yeah, so this year was was so different in the sense of you weren't able to go to the practices, obviously, and and the games were different. You weren't able to go on the fields during the game, so you had to actually body type from the stands. Uh, they were kind of roped off areas depending upon where you were uh, and the protocols that were put in place by the states. Um, so the access wasn't uh, the access that we normally get. So we kind of had to adjust and adapt. Uh, I think that's why next week the Senior Bowl will be very important just to be able to see these guys uh, up close and personal. Um, but for us, really, it was just the information that we were able to get on the Zoom calls were were really huge, were beneficial. Um, but the, what we really missed was just being able to see the players run around at practice um, and then seeing how they look, their body types at practice mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and you talk about just trying to body type those guys and how that can affect Really, I mean, it kind of ups the ante uh, for that senior for the Senior Bowl week because it, it's going to be, you know, the first time for a lot of people to get eyes on these guys live. Uh, talk about just, you know, I was the Senior Bowl's big every year, but is that kind of how you guys are viewing it that it, th- this year it's going to be kind of a special in terms of the importance of it? I think you, you hit the nail on the head, friend. It, the Senior Bowl is important every every year. Uh, for us, it's obviously going to be different. For all the teams, it's going to be different in terms of the protocols that are put in place prior to coming down and while we're there. Um, the access won't be like we normally have in terms of being able to get on the field. Uh, it's going to be it's not going to be at Lad Peebles anymore. It's going to be over at South Alabama. So that's yep. going to be a different in itself. Uh, some teams are going to have suites. Some teams aren't. Uh, obviously, we'll follow the guidelines uh, like we normally would anywhere we would go. Uh, but the formal interviews are going to be really important. Just the chance to be able to talk to the players. They aren't going to be able, we aren't going to be able to interview the guys on the field anymore or pull them to the side at the hotel. Everything is going to be set and put in place. Jim Nagy and his crew did a tremendous job of setting that stuff up. So we're really looking forward to getting down there and, and jumping into it. So what happens next? So the, the week ends next week. Obviously the game's on Saturday. What happens after that? What does the calendar look like now uh, for scouting staffs all across the league, you know, after the senior bowl ends? You know, Fran, really just, I can't speak for everybody else. I think everybody's going to do things differently, but for us, uh, obviously we're going to have our, our draft meetings like we normally would. The league, uh, obviously the combine is, has been canceled. So there's going to be uh, pro days uh, at certain schools uh, still waiting to hear protocols and, uh, what the NFL decides to do with those. And I just got off a call with one of the schools in terms of they're already starting to try to formulate a plan for their pro day in terms of maybe doing a virtual pro day, mm. um, allowing three to four scouts at the school just to d- administer the test, uh, but live stream it to everybody else through through a Zoom call like we were doing uh, virtually this this fall anyway. So it's going to be a lot different, 
but uh, I think if you know, trying to make it as pure process as possible in terms of the numbers and the information that we get, so there is a level playing field. Um, but all of those things are kind of going to be worked out. But we're going to try to make it as smooth of a process for us in terms of um, you know what we normally do in terms of talking talking about the players during our draft meetings, listening to our scouts, taking in taking the information in which they got during the year, and, and attacking this thing uh, come next week. It's a veteran staff, like you mentioned. It's a, a unique opportunity just to be able to go through a, a very special, you know, case of circumstances. Hopefully, don't have to do this again uh, going right. into 2022. But uh, Ian, right. dude, thanks so much again for joining us here on the Journey to the Draft podcast. Stay safe. Enjoy the week down down in Mobile, and we'll talk to you again soon. Hope to see you soon, Fran. Well, great stuff for me, and I thought he brought up a great point just about you know when you look at the importance of the Senior Bowl and just kind of thinking about that, reflecting to what how important this week is. Keep in mind, you know, what did he say about pro days? I mean, pro days look like they could be virtual. There's no combine, so this may be the last time that a lot of decision makers get eyes live on some of these prospects. And for some players, they might not get eyes on them at all. So I think there's a couple things there, right? Number one. I feel like the Senior Bowl is going to see uh, the highest rate of drafted players that they've ever seen. You know, there, there's always a bunch uh, that maybe go undrafted, that kind of slip through the cracks here and there. But I feel like they're going to get more players drafted this year than they normally would in a given season. And then the second part of that, too, I often wonder if there's going to be a little bit more movement internally for teams later in the process than there normally would be on a, on a typical year. Because typically you see guys all through the fall, but this year, if you're not getting eyes on a player for the first time until January, and maybe you know you might see them again, uh, you know, some of these underclassmen you might see for the first time in February or March or April, these guys might get a little bit more movement than we're used to. I wonder if that's something uh, that we could see. I think it's just a, a re- it'll be a really interesting case study for sure as we move uh, a couple of years down the road, and everybody, all 32 teams, are going to be looking back at this year and even the 2020 draft as a really interesting case study to look back and look at the process and how it was affected and uh, just big takeaways to take from the process. So uh, thinking about that in general, actually, uh, a couple of defensive linemen that I caught up with the Eagles over the course of the fall, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Vinny Curry, all three of the guy, these guys were down here at the Senior Bowl over the course of their pre-draft process, and they were affected differently. BG, Brandon Graham, he worked his way into the first round with a strong, strong week of practice and then a, a great game. I had multiple sacks in the game uh, you know, that helped him become a first-round pick here by the Eagles. Vinny Curry, uh, I, he was uh, a guy that was helped by the Senior Bowl process as well. And then Javon Hargrave, guys were first-round pick, second-round pick, third-round pick. Hargrave was a late addition to the game. I talked with all three guys. Just kind of get a sense of, hey, what's something that you took out of the game? How did you view that it helped build momentum for yourself? And what are some of the words of advice that you would give to other guys that are in that kind of situation? I caught up with all three guys over the course of the fall. Here's that little bite from all three players. You've talked a lot about that Senior Bowl when you were coming out in 2010. And if you could go back in time and talk to 2010 Brandon Graham coming fresh out of Michigan, what's the word of advice that you would give to young BG as he's getting ready to start his NFL career? Uh, Make sure that you eat right. Make sure that you keep working hard, you know, because I felt like I worked hard the whole Senior Bowl because uh, of the coaches that I had. You know, like Chris, he's uh, over with the 49ers, and that's how he got them boys going the same way. But, you know, it was just – I would say make sure that you 
take full advantage of uh, of every opportunity that you get. You were a late addition to the Senior Bowl as well, yeah, right? I was. Uh, what, what was that whole experience like leading up? Because obviously you go to the Shrine, you're maybe like kind of feeling like you're under the radar. Then you go to the Senior Bowl. Did you kind of feel like the momentum was starting to build for you? Yeah, it was the greatest experience just trying to, you know, coming from a small school to starting to play against all these big boys. But like the Shrine Bowl, it was great. I killed that. Yeah. You know, I think I came to the Senior Bowl and it's like, <laughs> I seen how the speed just kind of changed from uh, playing in a smaller level and going to the big boys, but it made me adjust and catch up and rise to the occasion, rise to the level. Last couple years at Marshall were outstanding. You go to the Senior Bowl. That was actually my first Senior Bowl was when you were down there. I remember you having a big week. You end up being a second-round pick. Yeah. One thing is you got you to gotta expand your brain, man. You got to be always be willing to learn. So yeah, I try to take a little bit from uh, each, each person. And, and try to utilize it to my game. So I hope you enjoyed uh, those little takeaways there from Brandon Graham, Vinnie Curry, Javon Hargrave. Uh, it was Hargrave second. Vinnie Curry wrapped things up. I thought it was really interesting just to hear from BG. And uh, obviously, you know, he had just a huge huge week of practice and again that really helped catapult him into the first round it was talked about a lot it was written about a lot uh, once Jim Schwartz was hired here back in 2016 uh, you know the fit that he was able to have because Jim Schwartz was the one who coached him uh, down at the senior ball that year he was the the, the head coach uh, for the North squad so uh, just looking back on those memories uh, with those guys I thought that was a lot of fun I figured I would share that uh, with all of you listeners but we're not done here yet on the show because our first of five coach interviews that we've got locked and loaded for this week during the week of practice leading up to Saturday's game. Caught up with Pitt head coach Pat Narduzzi, one of the best defensive coaches in the country. He's done a great job of building up that Pitt program. They are continuing to put players into the league. Pat Narduzzi has actually coached and been around a lot of former Eagles and current Eagles. He coached Devontae Maddox, obviously, at Pitt. The Eagles drafted him a couple years ago in 2018, but he's been around the Cincinnati program where they've churned out uh, Eagle after Eagle after Eagle as well. So uh, Coach Narduzzi, gracious enough to spend some time with me to talk about Rashad Weaver, Patrick Jones, Damar Hamlin, three guys to keep an eye on for sure here this week. Here's Pat Narduzzi. Tell us why. Well, excited to be joined here by Pitt head coach, Pat Narduzzi. Coach, thanks so much for joining us here on the show. You got it, friend. Great to be on. So I'm talking with a guy that's, that's coached a bunch of former Eagles, and we're going to talk about some players. We'll see if they, if they become future Eagles. Three guys uh, from the Pitt program heading down to Mobile for the senior ball. You've got two defensive linemen, Patrick Jones, Rashad Weaver, and then safety, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, let's start at safety. Let's start with DeMar because uh, he was a guy I remember watching a year ago. He was going to ascent. Uh, he was going to originally go to the East West Shrine Bowl, but he got that initial or that extra year of eligibility. So uh, got to go back here for this season. Uh, talk about DeMar and what he's meant off the field uh, to this program. What is he going to bring to his future NFL team? You know, DeMar is a guy that, you know, um, again, I thank him again for coming back for another year. He was actually training with a friend in Orlando when we got the extra year back, which we didn't know if we'd get it. DeMar is a guy that, you know, in my opinion, plays the hardest position on our football team, plays the free safety position in in our structure. That guy's pretty much playing off man-to-man all day. He, he's not getting many reroutes. It's, it's, you know, him versus that slot receiver. Um, you know, our corners play a lot of man as well, but they're pressed. I think that's a little bit easier to play. So he's very versatile. I think, you know, depending on the scheme, he goes to in the, in the club he goes to in the NFL. He could play corner. He can play free safety. He could also play the nickelback. Uh, very similar to an Avante Maddox, except bigger. And, um, you know, he's, he's all, you know, he's all six foot, maybe six foot one. I'm not good with sizes. I don't really care. You guys care. You'll measure him figure out where he is, but he's all six foot and he's really, really smart. The guy can do anything. Um, he was a natural nickel force, but we, 
I think we played him there three or four games. We couldn't afford to take him off the hatch any longer, but he just, he knows everything. He doesn't need any practice. He could go and be that nickel without practice where a lot of guys, you know, it's probably one of the harder positions. So he's one of the more intelligent guys on our football team. And uh, he's very athletic. His man-to-man skills are critical. And, you know, I don't watch a ton of NFL football, but when I watch, um, you know, when I watch, you know, a little bit of it, I mean, there's a lot of man-to-man going on. You better be able to play that. And that's something he's done for five years here at Pitt, and it's going to serve him well at the next level. Coach, the one thing watching him that stood out, not only the, you know, did he show that matchability to be able to play inside, you know, match up man-to-man, but really played with an edge. You know, when, you're, when you're playing in the slot, when you're playing at safety and having to match up, how important is that competitive, competitiveness aspect to your game to be able to bring that to that position? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Fran, there's a lot of guys out there that are good athletes that can cover people, but they don't have the confidence, number one. I mean, Corey Sanders did a heck of a job coaching him in the secondary, um, but he's got a little swag to him. He's got he's got that confidence, and he likes to compete. Uh, he wants to play against the best receiver. He'd get upset if, if a guy was out with COVID this year. Like, he's not playing. What's going on? He's hurt. Uh, <laughs> he wants the best all the time, and, and um, you know, he, he's, he's a football player, and he could have gone anywhere in the country he wanted to go. I mean, it came down to this Final Four, Pitt, Penn State, Notre Dame, and Ohio State, and, and we were fortunate enough to get tomorrow. What does he bring? What was it like recruiting him? What is he going to bring from an intangible standpoint off the field, Coach? Um, you know, he's already started, you know, I think it was toys for, for kids, uh, as far as just the type of person he is, I, I don't think, you know, the season was over. I don't think there was a, you know, 15 days postseason. he was already, you know, doing community service work as far as the community goes. And, um, it's just, it's an incredible young man. That's never been a problem off the field. He's a, uh, he's a yes, sir, no, sir guy. That's, uh, that's going to be great in any NFL city. Coach, let's go to the defensive line and, and two defensive ends that were so productive for you uh, this past season, Rashad Weaver, Patrick Jones. I want to start with Weaver because I feel like one buzzword we hear from scouts and from teams all across the NFL is the ability to fight through adversity. Rashad coming back off the ACL, missed all of 2019. Uh, what was it like watching him kind of go through the rehab process and bounce back the way he did here this season as a senior? It was impressive. And again, great job by our doctors, obviously, and, and our trainers. And, and obviously, um, you know, Rashad putting the work in to get his knee back to where it was. I mean, you know, I think anything time that happens, we say, Hey, you're going to come back better than you were. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. This guy came back better than he was. And, and like I said, it's a tribute to the hard work he put in, in the off season, you know, during a COVID period. I mean, during that COVID period, when, you know, most universities shut down, you know, early March till June 8th, he stayed here. Okay. We found a way of getting him in our training room, which was not in our football facility because it was shut down. But because he had a previous injury, we stayed with him. And, and our trainer, Dale Thornton, stayed with him every day, got his therapy and got his lift in as well. Hmm. And, uh, and that really paid off. And he, and he put the time in it. You know, he could have gone back down to South Florida, to Cooper City, Florida, and, 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 and went and hung out and played on the Zoom calls, you know, with classes. But it was important to him. And I couldn't be happier for him that he was able to make it through. And it just shows to every other kid that, hey, you can get hurt and come back and make it. Um, and, he, and he's going to do great things at the next level. And then what does he bring on the field? You know, six, seven, I think 270 pounds. Uh, what, what does he bring to the football field? You know, the first thing I think everybody forgets about is he brings a, an incredible amount of intelligence, okay? And, uh, you know, I was talking to a coach at Alabama the other day, and, uh, and I don't know how it is in the NFL. I've never coached in the NFL, but coaching at Alabama said, you know, we have a ton of defense in, okay? But he says, I feel like we don't, really know what the offense is doing. You know, we, we know what we're doing, but we spend so much time on different schemes 
defensively that we don't know he can. And this guy kind of knows what we did um, in the past and what we've done defensively here. He goes, it's not like you guys do where you're, you know, you're simple enough on defense that you can evaluate and study what the offense is doing. So what Rashad will bring to a program is he's going to know what the team is doing on the other side. And that helps uh, when you're a smart football player, you kind of know backfield sets, formations, run past tendencies, down, down to distant tendencies. He's one of those guys that's got a, a knack for knowing what's going on and having, uh, I guess, great instincts. But, you know, the mental part of the game, he really has down. And then you add that to a 6'7", 275-pound frame, you know, long, long uh, legs, long arms. Um, you know, he, he's, he's an exceptional football player. And let's go over to, to Patrick Jones. I know a guy that's been a captain for you. Uh, what does he bring to the table in terms of his physical skill set on the field? You know, Patrick Jones is a little bit different. Again, both those, you know, Patrick ended up being a captain this year. All three of those guys are on our leadership council. Um, so, you know, talking about just being leaders of the team because it's hard when you get two or three or four captains. Right. Um, but they're all leaders in, in that respect. But uh, Pat Jones is, a, you know, tremendous football player as well. Um, you know, he's, he's, you know, different than Pat, than uh, Rashad Weaver. He's a little bit more twitchy, maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he's going to fit into a four, three defensive end. He, he also may fit into a, excuse me, a four, three defensive end or a three, four outside linebacker. Uh, I think he's got the ability maybe to drop. Uh, there's times, you know, I think we kind of sprung it on Florida state during the season where he stood up, you know, as a linebacker and did some blitzing and moved around and, was able to execute some of those things. So uh, we did that for a reason just to kind of market him as far as having the ability to play inside, you know, as a backer, play on the edge as a defensive end or a stand-up 3-4 guy. So he, he's very versatile. He's smart as well, uh, like Rashad. And, and um, you know, he's, he's going to use a little bit more skill to get to the quarterback. And then just from an off-field standpoint, uh, paint, paint us a picture a little bit of what uh, Patrick brings to your program and why he was able to be selected as a captain for your team. You know, he's just a straightforward, you know, very heartfelt guy, uh, team guy, team captain, obviously. And, um, you know, comes from a military family. I I believe he was born in Japan. Uh, So he's lived all over, you know, the world and uh, just has a different perspective. A very thoughtful young man that uh, that cares about his team. And, uh, you know, um, you know, you hear about all the opting out of of bowl games. You hear opting out of uh, you know, of games that maybe were after your last game, your regular season game uh, schedule. But Patrick was a guy that thought about it, to be honest with you, Fran. And matter of fact, you know, I shouldn't say he thought about it. Uh, he thought real, real hard about it. And there was probably about a 99% chance he wasn't going to play in that Georgia Tech game from the conversations we had. And he took a few days off of practice. And I thought he was done. And Patrick Jones comes back in my office and says, I want to play the last game, you know. And that was a little bit of a risk. I mean, um, you know, for any of those guys, whether it be DeMar or Shot, it's a risk. And, and I understand those, those, those thoughts. I mean, if he gets hurt in that Georgia Tech game, you know, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm praying prior to that game saying, you know, please don't let Patrick get hurt um, because, you know, he's got a, he's got a future and it's hard for not for, it's hard for them and their families not to think about the financial aspect of their future. And, um, you know, he, he was one of those guys that said he's coming back. And I said, you sure? He goes, coach, I want to play with my team. So that's what you're getting mm. is a guy that cares about his team. He'll, he'll fight, he'll play. And all three of those guys are durable football players that, you know, they don't get hurt and, uh, and pits a tough football program too. Well, coach, it's a, a testament to the program you guys have built over the last few years. Thanks so much for joining us here on the journey to the draft podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you again soon. You too, Fran. Thanks for having me on and hail to pit.
Hope you guys enjoyed this show. A lot of fun catching up with Pat Narduzzi. That was an awesome interview. We've got more where that came from. Like I said, we've got four more coaches to get later on this week. Tomorrow's episode, you do not want to miss. It's going to be a really fun Special draft edition, I would say, uh, with myself, Ben Fennel, Dane Brewer. You do not want to miss tomorrow's episode of the Journey to the Draft podcast right here. Make sure you stay subscribed. Great for Ian Cunningham. Thanks so much uh, for him to coming on the show and give us a little bit of insight behind the curtain of this process as well. A lot of fun. Cannot wait to keep things going here the rest of the week. From the Senior Bowl, I'm Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Journey to the Draft podcast, driven by AAA.